film runs through our veins and continuously makes us interact with it. I'm your host, Edward Frumpkin, and this is Real Print. In this episode, contributor Jonah Desno and I dissect the highly anticipated films playing at the 2022 Seattle International Film Festival and 2022 Hot Docs. Then I review Ascension by Bill Viola, Brady McDougall's recommendation. Finally, in today's concluding thought, I share about my excitement about being an accredited journalist for the 2022 Hot Docs Film Festival. Some portions are recorded on Zoom, so bear that in mind when you hear the audio and enjoy the show. Hi, Jonah. Thank you for coming to today's Real Print. Hello, Eddie. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's always great to have you on. And uh, there's just so many film festivals that are happening in April, whether that was the Cleveland Film Festival, Atlanta Film Festival, Ashland, Florida Film Festival, and Milwaukee. There's just some as a film, but there's just so many. But we have to narrow it down to... Seattle Film Festival, which I know does a lot of good programming with some of the best independent films right now, as well as foreign films, and Hot Docs, which is the largest documentary film festival in North America held by, or held at Toronto. Yeah, those sound great. I think those are both festivals that you have a particular interest in. I think you'll have a lot of great things to say about each one. Because you've seen a lot of films at both, haven't you? I've seen some films that have overlapped at Seattle and uh, at Hot Docs. Like, I know that like, it can be redundant if we just do many of these festivals because it's just known for like the major future top best films a year making their regional premieres for the features, at least. And uh, I just want to start out with Seattle where like in the doc competition they have some great stories like Riceville USA that I got to see a true false out of the muck that I saw at Big Sky. Uh, let me explain Riceville which was the all archival documentary ab- about militarization of these areas of how we, it comes to modern policing out of the muck follows director, it's co-directed by Bowen Shuchak and Ira McKinley, which follows Ira and his family in Pahokee, Florida about the main, the importance of telling your own stories in your local area rather than just traveling across the country to get that fandom as Pahokee is known for producing a lot of NFL football players, but they don't stay in Pahokee and uh, you'll get to know why in that film. And we see Ira's connecting with his family there. And there's also Children of the Mist, that it's a story that takes place in Vietnam where there is bride kidnapping and uh, got to see it at True Falls. It will be at New Directors, New Films, and that's a film where it's about how the community that is a part of it. And even though they're not necessarily evil the people who kidnap brides but there is just a community but also a reason why they do that shit and 
there's and also I hope that I'm not forgetting anything. one last film I want to mention that doc competition is the last shelter which was that I saw like at the Chicago Film Festival which is about um, the people at a shelter in uh, Milan I believe and uh, that it has great sound design and I hope they can check them out. Absolutely. Um, I've got a doc to mention that's going to be at Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, it's in the main competition. It's Invisible Demons. Do you know much about that? No, I do not. Yeah, it's by um, Raul John. Um, it's about the three million residents of Delhi um, and how climate change is currently like causing havoc um, and like changing the culture and the community and um, putting a lot of residents in harm. Um, which is something that I think everyone hears and it's like the, the unfortunate truth of climate change that it's going to be these um, more not as industrial communities that are really going to take the brunt of um, the damage and be at the center of the most massive problems, especially right away. So a documentary um, that has a high profile of in this competition that is about so many people, I hope brings more attention and awareness to this because once you can see something on screen, it's harder to kind of push back to the back of your head and mm -hmm. yeah, actively uh, unconsciously ignore. Um, so I'm really glad that this is getting attention and I'm interested to see what the response is going to be to that and if more and more eyes are gonna get to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that Invisible Demons is in the official competition. And then I saw a couple of the other films at True False with the territory from Alex Pritz and Fire Loves from Sarah Dosa. And I'm planning to see Navalny really soon at IFC Center where there is going to be a peer nonfiction series as if, for those who haven't seen Navalny, which is the opening film, I believe, yes, the opening film with Call of Jane being the closing film as Navalny follows Alexei Navalny's um, dissent attempts during this um, attacks from Putin and uh, that I know it's going to be in many places like hot dogs and uh, that's just so much great storytelling within but I want to mention some festival spotlights there's going to be the Duke starring Jim Broadbent and Helen Mirren about an outwork taxi driver who stole a Goya portrait and it's the final film of Roger Mitchell of Notting Hill. And there's going to be Marcel the Shells with Shoes On, which I just saw the trailer for. I, I just watched the trailer too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just happy to see the feature length adaptation that Dean Fleischer, Camp, and Jenny Slate has done in having this great anticipation. And I wish that I saw some stills or trailers when it premiered at Telluride or South or South by. And then there is also nothing compares the documentary of Sinead O'Connor and Spin Me Spin Me Round from Jeff Baina, who, who which is stars Allison Bree as a manager of a Bakersfield chain restaurant who wins the opportunity to attend the franchise's educational immersion program in Italy where Aston so absolutely nothing goes right. 
Like, I remember that Jeff Baina did, like, the nuns comedy, and a lot of his film stars Audrey Plaza, uh, Aubrey Plaza, because they're both a couple. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, I have to admit, I have not seen much of his works, but I plan to see some of them real soon. And there's also going to be some great sections and programs like alternate cinema, archival films, indigenous, and culinary cinema. And I just have to mention a couple films in the indigenous program, Daughter of a Lost Bird and Wildhood. Daughter of a Lost Bird follows Kendra's reconnections of her biological mom after the government displaced her mom and Kendra, and uh, it goes into the in the National Indian Child Welfare Act, which is about trying for getting people to reconnect with families. And uh, there's also specific enrollments and whatnot. And uh, it's a beautiful journey. It's only now five minutes long. And Wildhood is a film that's in this. Let me get to the description, y'all. I just want to make sure I get all right. It's a queer kind of age realm movie about a Mi'kmaq teenager who flees his abusive father and treks across Maritime Canada in search of his birth mom. And just happy that Seattle Film Festival is partnering with Big Sky and Points North Institute slash Camden Film Festival with the fourth row indigenous fellows where I had a chance to see some of the programming at Big Sky, as well as meeting the fellows like Ajuwak Kapashisid and Britt Hensel. And happy to see them commit to programming for indigenous storytellers. No, that's great. And it's gonna be an incredible opportunity to have. Um, we would be amazing to see more and more of that pop up through festivals. Um, obviously with the area, it's a bit more prominent, but would love to see that more and more throughout, throughout the nations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. As there's also a new American cinema program that will include works from Duel by Riley Stearns that stars Aaron Paul and Karen Gillian as Duel, which is distributed by Shudder AMC, has Gillian Paul, um, uh, it's about Gillian miraculously recovered from a severe illness and must defeat the clone she had commissioned to take her place. I'd love to see a little action movie after Gillian's Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm really excited that, for that one. Um, I Riley Stearns has really impressed me. Um, I watched The Art of Self-Defense, which was his last feature. Um, at South by Southwest a couple of years ago, and I was just blown away by the tone and just the creativity of it, that the moment I heard about the duel, my interest was immediately piqued, because um, it looks like he's going more on the sci-fi route than this kind of dry humor that was found in his other work, so I think that's going to be a very interesting combination. I know out of, out of Sundance, where it got its first premiere, people said it's even better than The Art of Self-Defense, mm. so I think this is going to be a good comedy. Um, a good comedy for people to look out for through for the year. Okay. 
yeah, thank you for bringing that up as I have not seen Ryan Stern's works yet, but I just wanted to mention a couple more highlights, like the good boss that was Spain's nominee for this year's Oscars with Javier Bardem um, coming to the surface. Well, his true self coming to the, dark, the surface in the dark comedy where Bardem is a scale manufacturer and is caught in the web of infidelity. And there is Nadiv Lapet's Nanette's knee, if I pronounce that right, as Nanette's or a head's knee. Like I I know it's something knee. I know I'm not an expert, but I just love movies, y'all. Yeah, a head's <laughs> knee. A semi-autobiographical movie where the director's alter ego fights against state pressure and artistic for artistic freedom as he's working on a film about a Palestinian activist. And I do also want to say one more film before we really need to get into hot dogs, which is, I'm getting there y'all. I do want to give a quick shout out to Femi Agnes. Oh, I want to mention too, sorry y'all, just so excited. Um, at Big Sky that I got to see and it's coming to its Seattle premiere is Hockey Land, a coming of age documentary about two high school hockey teams. And uh, you get to see it in a great verite way that's no, not much talking head. And you're going to see how in the day-to-day moments, how mental health and masculinity comes into them. While the film is not necessarily about those things, the filmmakers, Tommy Haynes and Andrew Sherburns, want to actually show some of the minor stuff that has changed, but at times can be the same. And Eskel Vots the Innocence. For those who don't know, Vots is the co-writer of The Worst Person in the World, just nominated for an Oscar, as well as writing the other two Oslo trilogy films with Walking Trier, as The Innocence is a supernatural thrill about a group of children secretly discovering that they share dark and mysterious powers and putting them to strange and severe use. And I'll get a chance to see that at new directors, new films. And can't wait to see the more known of a writer showing his directorial skills. And that's what I hope to see with The Innocence. Yeah, that's an exciting thing to look out for. Um, I quickly just had one that just, it caught my attention. So I just feel like I have to mention it. It's in the alternative docs, um, or not the alternative um, films. It's called 2551.01 by um, Austrian director Norbert Pfaffenbeichler. Um, I just want to read the description because I think it's going to be hard to know what it is other than until you watch and who knows if you'll ever get the opportunity. So I want to put it on anyone's radar that has any interest in anything that sounds absolutely insane. It's an experimental punk style interpretation of Charlie Chaplin's The Kid mixed with elements of Guy Madden, Freaks, The Brothers Quay, David Lynch, and Titty Cut Follies, set in a subterranean slapstick police state dystopian populated with grotesque masked figures. Um, and then the still that they have for it is one of the most disturbing but interesting stills I have ever seen to promote a film of one of those said masked figures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to have to follow it a little bit more because I am definitely interested in a direction that truly looks like it's trying to take influences that have captivated imaginations for a while, especially surreal ones, and really trying to make their own unique work in a retelling of a 1910s film. Thank you for sharing that movie. Today's review, Ascension from Bill Viola. I am not a regular viewer of video art. I love visual storytelling, but more with moving images that can play in a theater. I have watched more short films, fiction and nonfiction, during college and beyond. Still, I am hesitant in video art because I focus on presenting work in festivals and professional websites instead of museums and art galleries. However, it does not mean that I will not go to these spaces and not watch some fantastic works. Thank you Brady for introducing me to the piece that I will talk about in this segment. The video art piece is Ascension by Bill Viola, a video artist, and is about a person drowning in regular and reverse slow motion in the water. It is 7 to 10 minutes long. As Ascension is a short form piece, I will have a shorter review on it. However, there will not be a 5 star rating due to my lack of video art knowledge and history. So without further ado, the work is breathtaking, there is beauty in the footage's slowness, it captures the stakes in witnessing if the person will regain their consciousness, at times I feel like it's a message on worship, there are moments where the person is in the position of a crucified Christ and I wonder if there is more of a religious context, subtext, or reading of the piece. My mind was blown by the way they went up, there's so much gravity and physics that's being depicted on screen. You know what might happen, but not simultaneously. It is an emotional roller coaster and the heart-pounding journey where you can't unsee the event happening. I'll be impressed every time when I see it again because this video art piece is one of those things where you always learn something new after each viewing and be impressed by from how Bill did the, the making of it as well as presenting it in various art galleries and the timing that it takes for the perfect movements. For those who want to see Ascension by Bill Viola, Google Bill Viola Ascension on YouTube and Vimeo and you'll see snippets of it. And that's my take. Now we really need to get into Hot Dogs as Hot Dogs mainly has the Canadian premieres or the international premieres of the top documentaries that have played at previous festivals like Sundance, CPH, or Berlinale. And some of the films that are the highlights will include Abigail Disney's American Dream and Other Fairy Tales, where she and co-director Kathleen Hughes discover America's inequality crisis and the challenges of using her famous last name to help Disney and other large corporations do right by their lowest paid employees. The Kids in the Hall doc with members Mark McKinley and uh, Scott Thompson, I think that's his name, and Kevin McDonald, which I remember McDonald on Sky High, and Lilo and Stitch as the one-night alien, and I'm happy to see the reunion of them. 
and I know that a couple, uh, at least Mark was a member of SNL in the mid nineties and seeing what it means to Canada as well. And the great homecoming documentary for them as well as the Ron Howard's We Feed People about Jose Andres bringing meals to people in crisis through um, World Central Kitchen a Foundation he founded. And uh, again, Navalny. And uh, there's just so many great films that are coming to Canada in the nonfiction realm. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I'm just looking through all of the programs. I was so surprised because I knew the Hot Dogs was a festival that had a lot of acclaim to it, but there are so many documentaries for someone to check out um, with it. So I'm glad that a lot of these non, um, nonfiction films are getting the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Well, it is 10 days from April 28th through May 8th. So there's a reason why there's going to be a lot of documentaries. And uh, I just want to mention some films that I have not got the chance to see that I hope to see it soon. And as well as I'm going to apply to be a media credited journalist where hopefully I may get some movies to watch and it'll be online. Like I don't have the money to actually go to Toronto right now, but at least doing from Brooklyn, it'll be great to build on my portfolio while doing a dispatch or maybe try to get a quick interview with like short programmers about short filmmakers about their themes in that program as I'm sometimes hypocritical, like should I do printed interviews or not? Because printed can be limited, but with a podcast, if you want to come to real print, you get to show the deep levels of empathy, sincerity, compassion, your voice through a recording. <laughs> Absolutely. Come to real print. Real print. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to, it to be a promo, but it is definitely great to try and make ourselves out there as just even doing it at home. And uh, hopefully they send us some good movies that I haven't seen yet. And the ones that I want to share includes Calendar Girls, where a dance troupe of 60 plus year old women give it their all while contributing to their Florida community and renegotiating their identities in the face of aging, as well as a house made of splinters, which I think was one of the top award winners at Sundance, which is where social workers at a special shelter offer refuge to abandoned children near Ukraine's front line and with only nine months to reunite families or find foster places before having to transfer their wards to orphanages, love tests resilience in this, gra- in this gripping award winner. And there's also my old school where Alan Cumming reenacts a 16 year old boy in the posh Glasgow High School where that it became a news story in the nineties. And while we don't know who that person is, they were able to get Alan Cumming to do, to lip sync his audio interview, which I can't wait to see some of that as well as the animation that comes within, which I was able to see some trailers for during like Sundance. So it's great to see. Did you, go ahead. I'm sorry, did you, say, did you say that was your old school? 
Um, no, my old, not my school, Destiny in the movie, my old school. <laughs> that, oh, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, from Jonah McLeod. Like, I wish okay. that Al Cunning went to my old school, <laughs> but there's just a weird age gap being a student at Michigan, yeah yeah you know? but it'll be funny and it'll be a great undercover assignment for how coming to, <laughs> to the zoo and some of my favorites that i've oh and i also want to mention one more film i haven't seen the exiles from ben klein violet columbus where director christine Choi, famous for who killed vincent chen that's in the national film industry um, begins a documentary project about student protest leaders forced to flee to the U.S. and uh, a self-discovery that filmmaker, as well as um, the displacement of uh, the events that happened. And uh, like there was a movie that I really loved, which is the personal arcs of the characters, but not as a whole. Which is Aftershock. Like I love Aftershock. I have nothing wrong against. Um, Tanya Lewis Lee or Paula Isa, but they had a hard time the, the editing of balancing the three storylines of uh, Omari and Bryce coming together after their wives have been died systemically from child preventable childbirth complications and then bringing the historical context with experts and the medical context with um, this with a, a known scientist of his field, which I forgot his name, but it has a meaningful, hopeful journey where the first act was a lot of sadness, depressed, and can be re-traumatizing for some audiences about going over the deaths of the of uh, the partners. But then it comes to more productive, hopeful, and action when Amari and Bryce goes on national press appearances and many areas about um, demanding to end systemic racism. And just want to mention like a couple more films, like world premieres that we haven't really got too much of, includes The Town of Mr. Rosenberg from Barry Averick about an investigation into the mind method of Albert Rosenberg, also known as Yorkville Swindler, and the people who fell for his cons, and Make People Better from Cody Sheehy, where a rogue Chinese biophysicist disappears after developing the first designer babies, shocking the world and entire scientific community, but an investigation shows he may not have been alone in his attempts to create a quote-unquote better human being. So check out some of these repetitions, making rounds to hot dogs or Seattle Film Festival and others nearby like SF Film, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Ashland. But I'm just happy to mention some of these films before they die out during award season. So please check out those great fiction, nonfiction cinemas out there. Absolutely. It's the summer to watch movies. So get to watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for coming, Jonah, and really hope that you get to see some of them, and have a good day. Always a pleasure, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Today's concluding thought, hot dogs. It is official. 
I am going to cover Hot Dogs virtually this year. It is my first festival or film event with a media credential. I wish I could have gone to Toronto, but I do not have the money to attend the festival in person. Also, I have never been to Canada before. I was hoping this would be my first trip to the country, but it won't be because the fest didn't offer hotel discount rates for the press and RealPrint does not have the budget to travel there. Hopefully, my first trip there will be for Toronto International Film Festival, Vancouver International Film Festival, Inside Out, or Imaginative within the next couple of years. I was worried if I should apply because of how new RealPrint is to the industry and that the PR team will take this seriously. But with the encouragement from reverse shot writer Kelly Weston, after speaking to her about this possibility, I consider covering it heavily. I also emailed a festival representative about hotel rates for journalists and filling out the form twice because real print is a written and oral medium along with my writings. They said to fill out just once and there are no discounts as I said earlier. Because of that answer, I applied for myself to cover virtually because Jonah and Sean have 9 to 5 jobs that prevent them from covering the fest at a higher level like myself. Then one day, I got an email from Hot Dogs to join their online community and that was when I knew I was approved. I got to see other journalists across the world in this online portal and get access to the industry attendees list. Some have emails or even phone numbers while others do not. Unfortunately, not everyone is doing that and I respect their privacies. So be prepared about what RealPrint is doing for the ones I have access to. And don't be surprised if I reach out to you to be on the podcast. After being approved, I was worried about getting access to the films online as many of their films for public streaming audiences are geo-blocked in Canada. Soon, I got several emails from different publicists for the opportunity to cover their respective movies and clients. It was a blessing that I did not need to prepare myself to reach out to them first, and that there is a community that wants to support others instead of competing with each other. Also, take your time to take self-care and heal. I'm not going to interview every director or watch every movie because I don't work 24-7. Therefore, I'll only focus four to five films for writing a full column for Hot Dogs while interviewing six to seven directors for 15 minutes each of their individual articles. Overall, I feel that people validate this outlet after this fest, and who knows if someone likes Sean's or my writing where they may ask us to write for them. I hope this experience will create a snowball effect and then my coverage to Hot Docs will convince Tribeca to approve my and Sean's application. Before I wrap up, I just want to say thank you to Kelly Weston for the encouragement, and that's today's concluding thought. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Print. This episode's music includes Continuum Mutation, courtesy of Kama, Like Clockwork by Benjamin Kling, courtesy of Epidemic Sounds, and Shimmering by Rafa Orchestra, courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. This episode is co-produced and edited by Anish Katu and Edward Frumpkin. 
please check out this episode's notes and links, as well as reviews, award and seasonal predictions, and essays written by yours truly at realprint.org. That is R-E-E-L print.org. This is Edward Frumpkin signing off.